Okay, hello. How are we getting Hi. Hi, how are you? Hey, doing well. How are you? So good. Welcome. Thanks. Um, what do you want to talk about? So I wanted to talk about um, my frustration with the uh, partners of the group I recently joined. Um, so um, I'm new, so I'm not a partner. And I knew before joining um, that they were fairly hands-off. Um, I had been talking to them for some time and uh, anytime I had a question, I was always directed to the practice manager, not just about finances, but about the practice as well. Um, and a lot of that has continued as we try to get me started. If I have questions, oh, talk to someone else, talk to someone else. Um, the frustration kind of came to a head this week. Um, it has taken me like almost six months to get hospital privileges. Um, I'm about to start my board's collection and they changed um, some of the rules that may affect my eligibility just because of how slow everything has been here. Um, so now I finally have privileges. I can hopefully have enough cases for the collection. Um, but there's another, another hurdle where I guess these hospitals, you have to be proctored for a certain number of cases um, before you can start taking call. And if I don't take call, I really don't think I would have enough cases to take my boards on time. Um, I already delayed once due to a job change with COVID. So I don't want to delay again. And when I talk to the partners, um, there's two of them. One's been around for 35 years. One's been around for 10 years um, about, okay, how do we get this proctoring set up? Can you introduce me to any of the surgeons you've worked with? Um, I can certainly cold call them, but it's obviously um, kind of looks a little better if I'm sort of tagged along um, on a text from them. And they haven't really been very helpful about it. And their response is, oh, well, neither of us could take the boards on time because we didn't have enough volume the first year. Okay, well now you're telling me like a year too late. Um, but there's been other issues with the group, um, particularly financial. And I just don't feel that, you know, I, I think as surgeons and small business owners, you have to take some responsibility for your, for your small business. You can't just have someone else managing everything. Um, and the trouble is almost all the staff is new, uh, including the practice managers. So there's no one I can go to and say, hey, how did you manage these delays in the hospital in the past? Or what did the other surgeons do during board's collection? Um, so I've been very frustrated that anytime I try to bring up some sort of practice issue to them, it kind of gets brushed under the rug or ask someone else or, oh, just take them a year later. Well, I don't want to take them a year later because I may not want to be staying in this practice and I'll be stuck here until I take them. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Su super common. Everything you're talking about. <laughs> That's good to know. It's amazing. You know, it's like you, you have all these expectations. I was hospital employed before and it was horrible. And I was like, great. Now I'm in a small private practice. It's our business. Everything will be great. And there's many positives, but I just feel like from a leadership standpoint, it's just like, killing me starting because my thought is well if we spend a little time and energy to figure this out how do we get me on call how does the marketing person include me in her marketing it will have payoffs right if we're having financial troubles isn't it wouldn't it be good to get my practice going so I could bring more money in for the group but nobody really seems to see it that way
Yeah. Yeah. And you're definitely, you're dealing with what sounds like older surgeons, right? So like their timeline is not your timeline, right? right. Especially if they have the lived experience of like, well, this is what we did and we're still here. You yeah. know, they're, they're probably, their picture is just, they're looking at a different picture than you're looking at, right? right. Thinking about it differently. So, so what would you say, like, what's the big problem? Um, you know, I, I feel that they are, um, just so hands-off and disinterested. Like I almost feel like the neglected orphan child, um, you know, feed me, give me attention. Right. Um, and I know they're very busy in their practices and there's other stuff going on, um, with the practice. So I'm not saying, Hey, everything you need to do, you need to keep me in mind, but when I'm asking for certain things or trying to help get the practice started. And I think that having the guidance or the assistance of a more senior surgeon would be helpful. Um, I think they're just, cause even the two of them they're they've been partners for what, like nine years now, they also don't really interact with each other. It's very much like, even though you're in this group, you function in your own practice. No one tells you what to do or whatever. And so I just think it's almost, too independent. So instead of looking at it as what's good for the practice, I think that my, I'm just assuming that they more think of like, what's good for me only, not Mm -hmm. like what's good for me in terms of the whole business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially since if they haven't had anybody new in nine years, like they might not even be thinking like, what's this like from her perspective? Right. They have had new people. Um, they either leave or get fired. Um, and of course, you know, you find this all when you finally get here, like the truth comes out. Yeah. Um, but it's been, been maybe like four years since I've had a new surgeon and, um, the younger surgeon just stopped taking call two years ago. Uh, cause why, when I talked to him about, Oh, can you, uh, talk to the chair of our department at the hospital? I haven't heard anything about call. Um, oh, well, I don't even know who it is. Um, and I was like, I was like, okay, well, are there other surgeons we could talk to? Oh, I don't really talk to anyone. I was like, but it's only been two years since you came off the call schedule. Is everyone really out of touch? Right. Right. Yeah. Especially if there's such like an isolationist personality Yeah. to begin with. Right? Yeah. They're like, I'm, they're like, you don't understand. I'm really happy to not know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I think that actually might be what they feel. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, so is it kind of the, the overall feeling? Like I, I really picked up on the, the thought of like neglected orphan child, like this could be, you know, so crappy to feel that way. Yeah. I think, I think it's a lot of things adding to that. And it just came to a head when I got an email from the hospitals you have privileges. And I was like, great. How do I get on the call schedule? Oh no, we have to proctor you for this many cases before you can take call. And my volume's fairly low um, right now. We're basically starting from scratch with me. So I was like, well, how long is it going to take me to get enough cases to get proctored to then take call? By the way, my board's collection starts in one month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the whole, the neglect thing for sure. Cause I've had like issues with my staff and stuff. Um, where for months I've been saying this person's not good. I don't think this person should be my lead. I've kind of been getting ignored. And then I sent an email a week ago, practice manager talked to that staff member. Now that staff member is awesome. Um, so I'm kind of like, well, you know, I don't want to scream. I'm new to this group and it's a otherwise benign environment, but I feel like, you know, neglected child, like I have to scream for you to give me food. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and people will pick up on that, right? Yeah. Like, 
whether they pick up like, oh, she's not cl- clinging is the wrong word, but like graspy. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you want to feel in, in the current situation? Um, I think I want to feel um, secure in the position um, and that my practice also matters because um, I'm doing everything I can on my end to build. And I actually reached out to another surgeon I know at one of the hospitals who's trying to put me in touch with his partners um, to see if they can proctor me. Um, but um, I think I want to feel sort of more secure in the practice. I'm new to this city. I didn't train here. I don't know anyone here. So um, aside from this one surgeon I happened to meet, there's not really anyone who can kind of show me the ropes. How do we navigate things here? Because every mm-hmm. place is so different. Yeah. Totally. Um, so just knowing that they're actually, I don't say caring, but maybe more mindful that they brought on a new surgeon that they tried to recruit for many years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this may or may not be relevant. Are these partners male? Yes. Yeah. Uh, ask me how I'm, I know. Yeah. Ask I'm me, ask me how I know. I'm the female doctor here in a while. So, yeah. I mean, um, I don't think they're sexist or anything like no, that. No, no. And I, I, I don't think that I, I, oftentimes I think they aren't. It's kind of, you know, what I, what I've noticed in just, you know, hearing so many stories is like, we kind of have manuals for these people, right? Like, if I was a senior partner, this is how I would act. So it's yeah. not there. And they're not doing what my manual is for them. Yeah. And that's, what's creating. Have you, have you heard or talked about manuals in any of our coaching? No, I haven't heard. Okay. That yet. So the definition of a man, just to like back up for everybody, the definition of a manual is like, I have a playbook for you of how this is supposed to go. Right. And we all have manuals for everybody, including ourselves. Oh, okay. This actually is sounding a little familiar. A little now. bit familiar. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I, I, you know, we have, whether they're subconscious or not subconscious, like it's not like we wrote these things out, Right. but like, I have a manual for like what my, what a good husband should be and how yeah. my kids should behave and how my mom should care and how my patient should react to me when I tell them something like our whole life brain experience is like us saying, I think it's going to go like this. And then when it doesn't, that's where the like re- re- reverb noise comes in. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, Hey, I've got these partners. They're older. They've been here for a while. I would think they'd want to grow the practice and make me wildly successful so we can all succeed. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. our manual for them. Yeah. Not good or bad. Just the fact this, the observation that we have like a rule book for them and then realizing like, well, I, I didn't really tell them that, you know, that I had a manual for them. And even if I did, they might not be following it because they get to do whatever they want to do. Right. And really, and it's like the awareness of like, I'm miserable because my manual isn't matching up with my expectations versus I'm miserable because of the outside world. Okay. And it just gives us so much power then to mm-hmm. be like, oh, I see what I'm doing. I'm fighting with the reality of what's existing right now. Yeah. There's good reality and there's bad reality, whatever it is. Like there's some good parts here. There's some not great parts here, mm-hmm. but my pain is me being like, it, it should be different. They should behave differently. Yeah. And then, I mean, the other thing, just to expand on manuals for a second, is everybody has a manual for us. Right. Right. Patients think we should behave this way. Nurses think we should behave this way. The OR thinks we should behave this way. Our partners think we should behave this way. Right. And they're not telling us their manuals either. True. But like when people are disappointed with us or angry with us or happy with us, whatever it is, it's because of their manual and us matching up with it. 
It's not because we were inherently good, bad, cooperative, anything. Okay. It's just a whole different way of looking at the world, right? Like a patient's pissed at me. I'm like, that's their manual. They're upset. Yeah. Instead of like beating yourself up for not not meeting everybody else's expectations. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that especially for surgeons, the manual concept can be incredibly empowering yeah. To be like, oh, it's just, they, they aren't following my rule book. Okay. Now I have at least awareness that I have a rule book of how senior partners should behave mm-hmm. because it just puts you in so much more power of like, did I communicate properly to them about my rule book? Uh, and if I did, they're choosing to not follow my rule book. Right. Which is good to know. They, they don't have to, but yeah. they, it's, they definitely can struggle more when they don't even know what the rule book is. Right. Right. Or you can struggle more when you're like, they should just know that senior partners should behave this way. Like they might not. And my, I mean, my question about, you know, their gender and and this is me stereotyping just because I have three male partners Mm -hmm. or four, we just hired another one is like, they do not have the same brains. Right. That's very true. (laughs) They, they tend to really think like, I was pregnant and had to scrub out a cystectomy to vomit twice. Mm-hmm. Hadn't told anybody that I was pregnant. Scrub back in, blah, blah. And I'm like, shit, I got to tell them now at the end of the day, like they're, you know. So I tell my senior partner, I'm like, you know, just so you know, I scrubbed out twice today because I was pregnant. I'm pregnant. And he's like, I just thought you had the shits. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, they do not think about this stuff at all. No. <laughs> I'm like, great. No. I told my pregnancy before I, you know, really had wanted to, because I was like, they're totally thinking that I'm pregnant because I had to scrub out twice. Yeah. And he's like, just thought I had some bad tacos or something. Yeah. But like, you know, again and again, you realize like, oh, I think they think like we do or I do. And they right. don't, they think they literally think differently because they've been, they've lived in kind of different worlds than we have. They're, they're socialized differently. All these right. other different reasons to be like, we assume they're uncaring or, you know, don't care. And it's like, no, they're literally thinking about like football. Right. <laughs> or like what's for dinner. Yeah. Or um, what's for dinner. But, and, and not to, not to, you know, speak poorly of anybody. It's just different brains think different ways. Yeah. Um, I guess the thing is, is that I have communicated with them over the last four few months, like what the issues are. Um, you know, uh, one hospital, they took six months before even looking at my application. Um, and, um, you know, the surgeon I replaced, you know, who referred to him, um, you know, is there, are you in contact with the person? Can you introduce me to them? And then now here, Hey, do you mind, um, do you know anyone at these hospitals that you can kind of grease the wheels with me on? So I have communicated that with them, but they're just not interested in, I guess, assisting with this. Um, and the senior partner even told me, I mean, great that he's been here for a very, very long time, but he's like, oh, I don't really know anyone. We just all sit in our surgery centers and don't talk to each other. And I was like, no, you don't talk to people. Like I, you know, plenty of other surgeons talk to each other. Right, right. Yeah. He's got a manual for like, we all behave. See, he thinks we all behave like I behave. Yeah. Right. And you're like, no. And I'm like, how have you been here for so many years? And you know, you don't really know anyone who's out there. Right. Type of thing massive introvert. 
or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's go back to feeling secure and let's just yeah. like, let's play with like the thoughts of feeling secure and the actions based upon mm-hmm. secure, because I think secure is like a, a really wonderful feeling to have and to like, yeah. just help you e- even in the future, when you go back and you're like, you get triggered with that, like neglected orphan child again, Yeah. even like having practiced feeling secure, you, it's something to kind of like help drop back into because okay. you've, because you've practiced it. Okay. All right. Cause there's all, like, we get really good at neglected orphan child because we practice it. You're right. Right. right if, if, if you told somebody else like, Hey, can you behave like a neglected orphan child? They might be like, I have no idea how to do that. I've never practiced <laughs> it. Right. Yeah. So just kind of the, it, and not to say like, you're going to just be secure now because we talked about feeling secure. No, it just gives you something to practice to be like, when I'm not, not loving the neglected orphan child, is there a different way to think about the situations that I'm in? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So let's do, let's do a feeling of secure. We'll do a thought. Circumstance is new private practice job, or do we have a more specific circumstance about what's going on right now? Honestly, I honestly think the circumstance is impending boards collection. Cause I've been very patient oh. with them. Um, during this time, but now that I'm like just a few weeks away and seeing all these hurdles, I'm like, well, your neglectfulness is actually going to be very impactful for me if I cannot take the boards on time. Okay. So the circumstance is, uh, boards, boards, uh, criteria, boards, timeline. Um, we can say boards, timeline. Boards, yeah. timeline. Yeah, because it's really just building my practice enough that I can have enough cases during that time. Okay. Um, we might want to do, just for thoroughness, we might want to do your the current model of like neglected orphan child first. Okay. <laughs> that, that we'll yeah. jump into. We'll jump into secure. So the, the, the thought is, um, what's the thought that's creating neglected orphan child? Nobody cares about this. Nobody um, wants to help me. Uh, no one, yeah, no one, um, thinks my practice, oh yeah, no one wants to help me get the practice off the ground in okay. ways that I think they could help. Okay. Um, cause I'm doing what I can do on my end to do that. No one helping like I think they should. Yeah. Definitely doesn't create a feeling of security. No. <laughs> What feeling comes up with no one's helping like I think they should? Um, almost like a helplessness, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm doing everything I can. Right now, it's not going to be enough. Um, and there's no one around who will help. Helpless. Yeah. Ooh. I don't know if neglected orphan child is a feeling, but it could be for fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Helpless. Okay. Action results. So what do you do when you're feeling helpless? Um, I will say that this week I have been very like teary on my way into work. Um, obviously, you know, when I go get out of my car, you know, put the game face on, but, um, teary and maybe even a little withdrawn. Um, our practice manager is a month younger than me and she likes to come into my office and gossip. And I like to do that, but this week I'm so pissed off that I'm not interested. Okay, so we're, te- we're we're feeling helpless. We're teary, and we withdraw. Um, anything else we're doing or not doing when we're feeling helpless? Um, 
I mean, I'm definitely when I'm, so when I'm like distracted with patients, I'm okay. But as soon as I leave work, I'm a little, I'm feeling pretty panicky, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you know, about the timeline and everything. Panic timeline. Anything that you're not doing because of feeling helpless? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty engaging with the staff normally. And so I felt like I've been pulling back, but actually one of the MAs made a comment today that I'm not grouchy like the other surgeons are. So maybe I just feel like I'm pulling back, but they don't see that. Yeah. Yeah. Fair Um, enough. Um, what about, uh, when you're, when nobody's helping and you're feeling helpless, are you looking for alternatives or self-advocating or it's kind of like the things we don't do when yeah, we feel um, Well, so I reached out to the one surgeon I do know. Okay. Um, so that way I can advocate for myself. Okay. Um, and then they did give me a list of surgeons who will proctor. So since the other surgeons aren't going to help me, I'm just going to cold text an email or call them and see if anyone will help me out. Cool. Yeah. That, and that sounds more like, you know, to, to mix models, that sounds more like what you're doing because you're feeling like that you've got that more, that, that's, that seems like you're, you know, kind of the more empowered side of things. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're truly feeling like nobody's helping, you probably wouldn't even be reaching out because nobody would be helping. Yeah. I guess my thought is, um, okay. People probably laugh at this, but I use, um, Chris Jenner as like inspiration. If someone tells you no, keep asking until someone tells you yes. So I'm like, okay, if you're not going to help me, I know one other person in this city, I'll see if he can help me. And you yeah. know, he's trying. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I, I would probably put that just for, you know, clean malls. I'd probably put that in our intentional model. Cause okay. so you're already doing some things, right. Cause from a place of yeah. helplessness, you're not asking, you don't ask for help out of helplessness Yeah. often. Okay. So what's the result of feeling helpless and being withdrawn and teary. What are you, what, what are you creating for yourself with that? Um, more, I'm creating like a negative headspace or, you know, a negative environment for myself. Yeah. And the, the often miraculous thing about writing out models is you create the result that you were thinking. Mm-hmm. So if nobody's helping me and I'm feeling withdrawn and helpless, then I'm not helping myself. Right. Yeah. Right. And you're like, damn it. (laughs) Not helping self. So let's, let's switch this. Let's switch. Let's, let's keep the board's timeline and let's put in the feeling of security as like kind of your goal, Mm -hmm. your goal feeling. So C is board's timeline. Feeling is security. What do you need to think to create that feeling of security? Um, that everything's going to work out. Everything's going to fall into place. Everything will work out. And when you're coming from a place of security, from thinking everything's going to work out, what do you, what do you do? What are your actions from that place? Um, you know, I'd be more calm, less anxious about things. Um, I'm trying to focus on 
now and not the future. So that would allow me to kind of do that a little bit better. Oh yeah. Nice. So present moment living. Yeah. (laughs) Present moment living. Uh, Anything you're not doing when you're coming from a place of security? Definitely not teary on my drive on the way to work. (laughs) That's nice. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Say less teary. And then what's the result of thinking everything will work out and coming from a place of security? Um, can be, you know, more focused on the present, more engaged, less antagonistic. Not that I think I'm being outwardly antagonistic, but in my head, I want to be, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then more of the result, kind of like the result is everything. It will be working out because mm-hmm. you're just you're doing the best you can in the present moment. Will work out. Um, what's the, what's the worst case scenario here? Well, and so this is what I think the actual underlying issue is, is that, um, with the whole like security and boards and timeline things, I already had to delay once with like COVID and job changes and stuff. Um, I think the underlying issue is that I don't know if I want to stay here, um, but, but the way they are talking, I think in probably about a year or so, they'll offer me partnership. Um, but it's one of those things where if I can't take the boards, because I'm not worried about passing, I'm just worried about being even eligible to take them, that I will maybe be like forced to say, yes, I'll be a partner just so I can like stay and collect again type of thing. Um, and actually another group in town had reached out to me. They didn't know I was here. Um, and given my group's financial issues, I decided to talk to them and their, you know, just to see, you know, what the deal was. And their medical director flat out said that he would not talk to me until I passed my boards. Cause they just want to make sure from their own point, there is stability. Um, and cause what's happening, this happened like even last year during, um, when I was looking for jobs is if people look at my CV, it's like a typical past fellowship, but it was like all from COVID stuff. So what happens is a lot of times I get written off, but if they want to talk to me, I tell them the story. They're like, oh my gosh, that's so terrible. Like that, you know, this all makes sense now. Um, so I think I, you know, the underlying issue is, is that if I cannot take the board's I won't have the freedom to like leave a practice if I need to or go somewhere else because my my young career so far does not have any stability in it. The only thing I would challenge is is your thoughts of like being forced. Like forced to join, forced to leave, forced to not is like ah is it is that true? Well, um, or, or is that just what you're putting on yourself? Because nobody, nobody can force you to do anything. You're, you would be choosing to do that for out of fear of X, Y, and Z because of not sitting for boards. Um, well, the thing is, because we have a certain amount of time to sit, I would lose that eligibility if I were to delay any further. Um, or, you know, if I were to like leave and go to another practice um, and start again, I actually would not be able to do that. There's um, not enough like time left. Um, in the eligibility timeline. Um, 
there's one surgeon I had interviewed with a couple years ago, and she told me that her previous group had asked her to be a partner, but she didn't really want, this was like in a year, she didn't want to be partner, but she had to take her boards. So she said, yes, it was awful. She left, they sued her. Um, and she's like, you know, it's really tough when you're offered partnership before you've taken your boards. Cause you're kind of stuck. You have to take them, but then what if you end up in a partnership you don't like? And with the group's current financial situation and just how hands off the two owners are, I'm like, you know, I have to see how it goes. Maybe they'll turn it around, but I don't know if I want to link my finances here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would, I mean, truthfully, there's a lot of people that aren't board certified. And truthfully, there's a lot of people that have COVID completely derail like the well-planned career pathway. Right. 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 Um, and truthfully, there's so many jobs for surgeons. Um, I think depending on where you want to live. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly true. Certainly true. But I would just, you know, from, from us trying to keep you in a very like empowered, I'm the captain of my ship, you know, blah, blah, blah of like, I'm going to be forced to do this and it's going to be awful. It just takes away all of your power Mm -hmm. instead of focusing on like what you can control or, or, you know, focusing on like, listen, I'd love to join you guys, but if you can't help me get X, Y, and Z to get board certified, what, what am I supposed to do? You That's know, and, a good and, way to phrase it. Yeah. And kind of looking at, cause again, putting you in an empowered space to be able to be like, you guys are kind of, you know, you got it. Hand me a little bit of handcuffs of like, if I can't get board certified, none of this is secure. Right. Yeah, and really so funny. for them to realize like, oh, I see. I see why this is so important. Yeah. Yeah. But ultimately putting you in the driver's seat of like empowered and going through the worst case scenario to be like, okay, so what? So you're not board certified. So like truly as a, as a, not in real life, but like in a coaching session of like going through worst case scenario Mm -hmm. and that you're, you're still going to figure it out. Yeah. Um, I guess not to deviate too much from like the original topic, but the concept of there's a lot of surgeon jobs. I've actually looked for jobs three times in three years and I'm single. So there's like certain parts of the country I do want to live in. Um, but so does everyone else. And it has actually been really challenging to really find like some place that would be acceptable. So again, I don't want to assume that I won't stay here. The environment is overall like non-toxic, which is nice, especially listening to some of the stories on here. Um, but it's just that one thing hanging over my head where other jobs have said, we won't talk to you. We won't hire you until you like have your boards done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you're right, especially since COVID because kind of like throwing a wrench in the job security that doctors thought they had. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Oh yeah. No, I, I was like, oh, you just suffer through your twenties and your early thirties and then you never have to suffer again, you know, like non-doctors, but obviously that's no longer the case. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it opened a lot of people's eyes to like, oh, it was especially from an employed standpoint yeah. of like, if you're employed, they can just say, we don't have space for you anymore. Right. Right. And that's what happened to me with my old, my first job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go, oh, you're the last person we hired by. Um, right. And so yeah. here I'm also trying to kind of, I'm trying to ask them to help me, but I'm also trying to tread lightly knowing that I am still in an employed position here. You know, they're the owners, not me. Mm-hmm. So. But if you don't get board certified, what happens? 
you have to take part one of your boards, the written exam over again. You have to take the part one of the boards written yeah. exam over again. Okay. So they have, they have criteria for people who don't get board certified in a timeline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good like know. I said, I am not worried at all about passing. It's more right. just eligibility in this group. And hey, senior partners, can you help me here? By the way, this is adding to the list of things you've been ignoring. Yeah. So. And I think, you know, when you choose to have that conversation with them, just being very clean, again, like with the coaching, being very clean of like, my goal going in is to feel secure so mm-hmm. I can present myself in the best empowered way that I can. So I'm not that graspy, you know, orphan child looking, looking externally for them to fill that emotional need. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think, I think you got this again, going through the worst case scenario is as far as the, like, everything will work out. Mm -hmm. Everything is going to work out. It might not be how you have it planned. Okay. That's a good point. But it's going to work out. However, this ends up playing out is how it's going to play out. Yeah. It's just how, how, what's your role in it? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And certainly feeling empowered and secure, I think sets you up to, to self-negotiate a lot better than like withdrawn teary, you know, things like that. So it's like some things you can't control at all, but some things you can. And that's what we want to, you know, always suss out in coaching is like, where do you have the power? Because ultimately all you can control is yourself. Right. Like, man, the, you know, general surgery boards or board, they could like change the rules next year because they do stupid stuff like that. Right. But, you know, we don't know. Right. And so it's like anything always could change, but where are you coming from in, in being the captain of your ship? Yeah. Um, also, I can't really see what you wrote. It's like kind of, is it too bright? Light. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Cause I was going to ask you, so um, just so I understand properly are we saying that in order that for me to be empowered the thought should be that um everything's going to work out or is it something what do you think else? what 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 thought creates your feeling of right on on the board i have the yeah, circumstances the, the board <laughs> yeah sorry it's like very great right. um which is a compliment for the pacific northwest yeah so the the circumstances the board's timeline the thought is everything will work out. This is our, this is our, um, not our default model. This is our like intentional model. Like this is what we're, we're working on. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the feeling of everything will work out is security. Mm-hmm. And so your the question for you on reflecting back on the model is when I think the thought, everything will work out. Does that generate a feeling of security in my body? Not really. I feel like it's just a mantra I am repeating, but I don't necessarily know I believe it. And that's what I find helpful about coaching is when I try to do the models, I don't know that I'm necessarily coming up with something that I believe, but I know sometimes if, you know, I talk to you or just about it, then we'll come up with something. I'm like, oh, okay. I I'm convinced this is convincing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm not sure if that current thought is that convincing to me. Totally. And, and that's okay. And I think, you know, what, what like the coaches say is like, it's not to for the coaching, our coaching world doesn't really believe in like fake it till you make it so much as just awareness of it. So like the awareness of like, I don't actually currently believe that everything's going to work out fine. Mm-hmm. Right. And to, and you can even, you know, they talk about ladder thoughts. So a ladder thought for this, thought would be like, I'm working on believing that everything's going to be fine. 
Oh, okay. Because you, and the reason for that would be like, I really love the sense of calm and I love the sense of control. And I want to really practice coming from that space in my life. Okay. Even though everything's going to work out fine is like not believable to me right now. Okay. Right. And I think a lot of that, again, is our training of like, we're literally trained to think that things are not going to be fine. Right. Right. <laughs> right? You got to look for all the bad things. You have to look for all the bad things. And just when you think like the post-op is going well, a PE happens. So you've right. always got to be thinking about it not being fine. Right? right. And so I think, you know, again, it's the awareness of like to spend time on like, why don't I think everything is going to be fine? Mm-hmm. And there's so much amazing work in asking that question. Cause you're like, well, cause I think that being board certified on a very specific short timeline is what everybody should do. And that's a mm-hmm. sign that I've got my shit together. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. then you can really explore like, why is it not okay for me to think everything's going to be fine? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's so much like in just that thought and why it's yeah. b- believable or not believable at this current moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you could probably give me like 20 different reasons why you're a neglected orphan child. Right. Right. Cause it's oh, like, yeah, I have other reasons. Yeah. You have sure. all the reasons for that. Cause you're very <laughs> yeah. well practiced at it. Right. Right. And right. be like, isn't it interesting that that comes naturally to me, but this one's more challenging. Oh, that's right. curious. That's interesting. Okay. You know, and it's like just the awareness. Sometimes it's just the awareness of all that of like, why am I why am I choosing to practice that one versus practice this one and really play around? But yeah, okay. thought, the definition of thoughts is, it's just, or a belief is just a thought you've thought so many times that it feels true to you. Right. Right. So you're like, well, this doesn't really feel all that true to me right now. Okay. So it's more practicing on sort of more, you know, doing the practice that the intentional thought, the intentional feelings are what comes to mind when it's like, oh, by the way, this other roadblock as opposed to, oh, here's another roadblock. Yeah. I mean, you can use the models in so many different ways. Like part of it is just to see what the heck's going on right now, right? Like, why am I teary? Why am I panicky? Oh, because I'm thinking this is all going to fall apart. Right. Right. And nobody, and nobody's helping me. Yeah. And like, and, and looking at like, wow, that's really doesn't give me the power. It puts me much in this victim mentality, which is not Mm -hmm. how I, not how I see myself getting out of this. Okay. Right. And then you can, you know, take your pie in the sky model of like this, for example, everything will work out where you're like, that's a little bit too far for me right now. Mm -hmm. And then you can like find, they call them bridge thoughts of like, I'm working on believing everything's going to work out. Okay. Because I've done the worst case scenario and like, yeah. I'm, st- I'm still alive and I'm still a surgeon and I'm still employable. And like, I could survive the worst case scenario, worst case scenario. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Is that any, any other thoughts on that? Um, I think I just have to like sit with that and practice that a little bit. Yeah. I'm actually um, going out of town for a couple of days. So maybe it'll be a good time to like reset the brain and then come back and then, you know, go to work with this like better mindset. Totally. Yeah. And I, you know, as much as I always resist, I totally resist journaling. Like I'm still very stubborn, but like putting it down on paper to be like, what is in the brain? What's in there? And it's just a really nice way of like cleaning it out. 
Right. Like, yeah, oh. I know what the underlying issue is. I know that it has, it's related to like my first job and the delays and whatever. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you can't change that. That's done. So, you know, how can I work with this slow system, this like out of touch practice, you know, what can I do to get myself what I need? Yeah, totally. And it's like a hospital that waits six months to get you credential to me. I'm like, are you kidding me? They don't even realize like how lucky they are. <laughs> to have humans okay. who know how to do these jobs like but we can't control their timeline yeah even though it affects your timeline right yeah um well actually the hospital is going to take eight months but i demanded temporary provision, <laughs> so i've at least gotten those two months earlier <laughs> look at you way to move the needle they said what they asked me why do you need temporary privileges and i was like because eight months is too long get out of here like i need to start operating over there yeah totally yeah. Awesome. Well, you, I mean, you got this. I truly believe everything is going to work out. We just don't know. We we just don't have the full written story to review yet. Right. Right. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we'll know, you know, in the next few months or so. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Now, just one last thing I want to say, um, the other session where Jess was doing the model review, you said you did the hotel yoga. Um, I actually did 15 minutes of yoga after I was dead in the OR this week and I felt so good. I crashed later, but I was like, oh, I'm going to do this on all my OR days now. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. And I'm, so, I'm like so, so stubborn. Tired. Yeah. I'm like, it took me, you know, decades to be like, yeah, just move your body a little bit. Cause it feels good when you're done. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. I get, I'm so much more calm. Yeah. After it's like, I just like, felt better. get the energy out. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and 15 uh, minutes of yoga actually feels pretty good. Yeah, just, um, you know, because surgeons were obviously always hunched over. And after the yoga, I was like, I feel so tall now. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, you do like the shoulder work and you're like, whoa, yeah. I live with my shoulders way forward. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to say thanks for sharing that. Uh, hotel oh, totally. Yoga I'm glad. Um, I'm glad it worked. Well, yeah. both of us, we'll both try to keep it up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Till next time. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, we have one more person. Oh yeah, that is a little bit hard to see. Try a darker one. I have one more person in the um, participants. Raise your hand if you wanna come on for the last 20 minutes of coaching. I don't wanna pull you on with against your will. So you might not, you might not be in a good spot or the dog might be barking. Oh, there you go. Okay, cool, let's change your name. Rename, promote you to panelist. Hello. Hey there. Is it just me on the here? I just apologize. I'm feeding my baby, and so there's some a lot of noise. So oh, just, you're all good. You're all good. Oh, what a sweetie. I torment anyone else. <laughs> oh, so cute. <laughs> I um, wasn't planning on coming on today, but I had just had signed up for this course with some CME money and then um, out on maternity leave and saw this email. I was like, oh, yeah, check this out. That's awesome. Um, And so I caught the end of the um, person remember right before me um, and she was talking about um, 
get, I heard something about trying something and getting energy out in the OR. And I was going to ask, um, I didn't hear what she had done. <laughs> oh she yeah. Was- <laughs> um, she did, she did 15 minutes of yoga after oh, nice. a long OR day. Oh, good. Cause we were talking about, we were talking about like moving our body, even when we were tired and just doing like how yoga just helps kind of re-regulate us. Yeah. And like, come, especially like transitioning back to the house after, you know, you're operating all day, you're super cortisol adrenaline, and then you want to come home and like not snap at your children. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great idea. I had, um, started doing some, um, like, uh, ended up doing some PT through my pregnancy, um, and, uh, doing these kind of shoulder and neck stretches and stuff, um, and had been incorporating them when I would get home and I, uh, not a whole routine, so no relaxation component, but it was, oh, this feels really, this feels really nice to come home and kind of stretch out. And, um, so I feel like that would be a good thing to incorporate more regularly. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I just like, I literally feel the difference in my mind when I process like energy through my body that way now. And I'm like, it only took me decades to figure out. <laughs> I'm so stubborn. Like surgeons are so stubborn. And you see like how many people have chronic strain neck. injuries or neck yeah. injuries from like this. Is, I think we just don't talk about it. Like it's a really physical job. We yeah. don't, we don't do things like yoga and mindfulness and stretching or, you know, whatever it is to like recalibrate the stress we put our bodies through. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I have a question and I'd love to pick your brain, but I have not done, <laughs> I've not done any, um, like reading on the website. So I apologize if this is a question that has been answered or more of kind of reframing, um, any advice or thoughts on reframing, I guess, administration frustration. So my specific frustration is just, um, kind of getting jerked around on for different things with maternity leave. And it's nothing that, um, I think at the end of the day, it's not worth it to me to, you know, try to get an attorney or try to fight some type of legal battle. I think, um, mostly I just am, uh, accepting how, how everything has played out and I'm grateful to have time home with my kid. Um, but, being less bitter or angry about accepting it. <laughs> if there's any advice on that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, total. I mean, it's such a great question. The thing is, I just didn't want to reframe it. Like at the end of the day, do I really care? No, it's, it's okay. I'm just, um, feel kind of angry to be told by a bunch of, um, older men, um, you know, that I'm on, uh, I'm on vacation and I should do X, Y, and Z <laughs> and not get paid for it. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. So Let me just summarize so I understand it, though. Um, So the scenario is you're on maternity and they're saying you should X, Y and Z. And you're like, it's not worth fighting it. I'm just going to do it. But I want to be a little more at peace with it. Correct. Okay. Okay. perfect. Um, So without you know, you don't have to give me too much specifics, but can you give me like the specific circumstance? That's when you when you when you're like, I'm bitter. What is it that you're bitter about? Yeah, I think the big issues that I'm frustrated about, so I'm a hospital um, employed surgeon in um, Western Colorado, um, and the hospital, the, the main thing that I'm frustrated about is that 
Um, they wanted me to make a call um, for my leave, which is unpaid. Um, so my contract says that I should take no more than one in four um, calls. And if I do, then they have to pay me for it. It doesn't say that I have to take one in four. And um, the administration says, oh, no, you if you're out for three months, um, you have to make up that call, even though it's unpaid leave. And then the other kind of portion of that is that um, I was told I would get eight weeks of short-term disability. They've changed carriers. There's some issues. I'm getting six weeks of short-term disability. The remainder of my leave is unpaid. Um, and it was kind of like a, oh, well, like, sorry, sucks to be you. Um, which again, at the end of the day, like, not a big deal. Um, but I think when I, when added on top of your, you know, you're on vacation, um, you should have to do more call. It just kind of frustration, um, with administration. I think within my group, the call is not going to ultimately be an issue. Um, but it just from a, I still have to interact with an administration and it's hard for me to do it with a smile on my face. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So admin, Set. I, you can make this super generic and only to like talk to everybody about like how generic you can make the model. They really like it specific, but you can, yeah. be, you can put in your model, like admin says words, <laughs> okay. which is, which is number one, it makes it a little bit funny, but number two, it can, it can be like, oh, well, the admin saying words like today and now with this scenario, they're also going to say words like two years yeah. from now, right? They're always going to say words. Right. And, and yeah. so, so it's like you can they want you to make a specific model, but like making it broad can also be helpful for its own reasons. So admin saying words and you're thinking uh, they don't they don't care. What's yeah. the thought that's creating bitterness? They don't care about me. Yeah. Yeah. They don't think care. That just viewing um, viewing parental leave as vacation and feeling a little bit. Um, I've been assured that were a male counterpart to be out on medical leave that they would be treated the same, but I, I don't really believe I I'm suspicious of that. Fair um, enough. like I, I feel like if, uh, um, cause one of the other docs in the hospital, there's, there's no standard. It's all when I've talked to other female docs on maternity leave, nothing has been standard. Um, one of the general surgeons had, you know, didn't have any expectation to make up call and, um, then, you know, one of the male physicians was out for a heart attack and I don't think he had to make up anything from his, his time off. So, um, I do question if there's some, uh, gender, gender discrimination as well. Um, yeah. I think, but, I, I, think that's I, where- I just want to oh validate goodness. that. Like, yeah, I, we had a, we had a guy in our town, he got hit by a bike. And, uh, so he was out, he had some serious injuries and all the females were like, they did not treat us that way when our body just went through as much as being yeah. hit by a bike. Yeah. Oh man. Um, okay. So admin says words, and then our thought is they don't care. Yeah. And is that the feeling of um, bitterness? Uh, yeah, I think I feel um, I feel bitter and frustrated. Mm-hmm. And then just to round out the model, because that's what we do. When you're bitter and frustrated, how do you behave? Like, what are your actions coming from bitterness and frustration? Um, I, I think I am less willing, I'm less willing to go the extra mile or I feel resentful of, of doing that. 
mm-hmm. don't know if that makes sense. It's kind of weird because oh. I've been out on leave, so I've not really been forced to interact um, with these people anytime recently. But um, when I think about it, I'm just like, Grr, grumble, grumble. <laughs> yeah. Like I, almost what I'm hearing is that almost you like pres- want to preserve your energy. Yeah. You're like, I don't want to give. Yes. They're not deserving of my giving. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Don't yeah. want to give. I'm going to do something with the model that it's slightly advanced, but I think it might be very cool in this scenario because what I'm hearing you say is like, it is what it is. You're not going to fight it. It, it yeah. is what it is. And you're, you know, air quotes fine with it. Cause it's, yeah. the, it's the world you're in, but you want to just yeah. be able to kind of emotionally better yeah. skills to cope with it. Yeah. 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 I just don't want to waste any emo- more emotional energy worrying about it because I'm not going to change anything. Um, and I just, yeah, I just don't Perfect. want it. <laughs> okay, I've, I've got an idea. Play with me and see if this, if this, if this okay. strikes home. Okay. So what we do is we take, they don't care as like you we're taking your thought of, they don't care and we're yeah. making it the circumstance. Okay. So changing to blue, see if you can see it better. They don't care. Yes. Can see it. Perfect. So we are, see, see. They don't care. We've now taken the thought they don't care and we're putting it as a fact in the world. Just like the weather is partly cloudy today. Okay. They don't care. Now we have all the power because we get to decide what that means. Because in the, in the earlier scenario, you, you were thinking, oh my gosh, they don't care, which was like driving all of your like bitterness and yeah. you know withholding and blah blah now we're like did you know that the sky is partly cloudy and they don't care yeah like now it's just like out there and you have all the power to be like so power. what i'm gonna be the best mom on maternity leave that i can yeah and when i come back i'm gonna know how much they care about me as a human so i'm gonna be all the better prepared to separate my work-life balance and make sure yeah. i'm not giving them more than they deserve okay right? it just puts you in that empowered spot because we're like cars drive on the road and they don't care yeah (laughs) yeah and then does that make sense yeah oh we just took it from like oh you have to feel so bad about the fact that this multi-billion dollar organization doesn't give a shit about moms yeah right and it's like yeah they don't care i'm i'm just a cock (laughs) yeah yeah and and in saying like you actually get to choose how to live your life with just the fact of like the wind is blowing at five miles per hour and they don't care. Okay. Like, is it, and with that, it's like, are you even going to let it affect you? When, when put that way, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't seem reasonable. It's like, well, whatever. Like, you know, of, of course they don't care. Cause we know X, Y, and Z, right. It's almost like we just took the, we just pulled the tablecloth off the table of like, Okay, we exposed you. You sh- you showed yeah. us that you don't care, but I'm not going to be. I'm going to not going to waste all my precious time and energy being bitter, and wishing and wishing it wasn't so. Yeah, right. And I think so much of our suffering is from fighting with reality, and we're like, well, of course you you realize you can't fight with the weather, like you know you can't, right? But you're like, I'm going to do what I need to do and put on the sunscreen or grab the umbrella and like <laughs> live in the weather. Yeah. But it's like, we spent so much time being like, this is how it should be. And of course it's supposed to be different. 
but right now it isn't. And how can, but how can you be the best person in that, in that scenario? Okay. And then you're like, oh, I'm bitter because I expected them to care. Yeah. Isn't that silly? Cause they don't care. And then you can be like, well, how am I showing up today for my baby? I don't want to, I don't want to have the bitterness. Yeah. I want to be like, it is what it is. I'm here today being awesome with my family and I'll go be a surgeon. <laughs> I'll go be a surgeon when it's being the surgeon time. But, you know, and then the other part of empowerment is like, when it comes time to renegotiate, do I really need to put a clear maternity? And like, it gives you the yeah. empowerment from like, I can do what I can do within the weather that I'm living in. Because okay. I think so many people are like, because I can't change everything, I don't want to do it. Like they almost withdraw then instead of mm-hmm. like, no, no, like now you, this is really good to know. It's super yeah. good to know they don't care. because because now you can be like okay well when I renegotiate blah 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 I'm going to be crystal clear about paying back call when I get in a bike accident or whatever it might be and actually use this to empower you to live your best life instead of being like doesn't it suck doesn't it suck that they don't care it sucks oh god Mm -hmm. and realizing like you get to you get to decide how to think about just this fact. It's just a fact that they don't care. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's, it's like a subtle shift though. Right. Yeah. Of like, Oh, I was just fighting with reality <laughs> and it was making me feel bitter and sad and a victim. I didn't, I, I didn't like that part of it. Yeah. And like, of course I feel like, of course I feel that way when this is going on. But is it the only way to look at this scenario? No, I like that. Okay. Um, so if it, so play with me. If, if, if I tell you like highway speed on the highway is 65 miles per hour and they don't care. Like if it was just like, a, this is just a fact. Mm-hmm. What, what would you choose? Is there anything you would choose to think about it that, that you would like? No, I think um, just accepting it as a fact feels better than, than feeling, um, like betrayed or surprised or other, you know, like, uh, as you mentioned, like a victim, I think if you just accept it as a fact that feels better than, you know, Oh, how did they do this to me? Or they, how come, you know, I don't matter to them or I'm not valued or, um, just like ex- accepting that reality is feels um, less emotionally charged. Yeah, totally. And, and, and really still coming from a place of compassion for your brain, right? Like, of course your brain's going to try to figure this out for you. Yeah. Right. Your brain's like, am I getting kicked out of the cave? Like, why are they beating me when I'm down? I'm tired. <laughs> why, you know, like the brain does stuff like that. And, and then again, it's going back to the awareness of like, of course, my brain's trying to figure this out for me, mm-hmm. right? But this might be something I can't figure out right now. And it's not where I want to put all of my, because you, the brain, because there isn't like, an, you're, n- nobody from admin is going to be like, you're actually right. There is some gender, body. like your brain can't ever get that yeah. from them. And so it will just keep trying to ask those questions. And like mm-hmm. some of the expert coaches are like, don't ask yourself shitty questions. <laughs> it's a little like catch yourself on like, oh, my brain's trying to answer a shitty question that like it can't answer. 
So how that's why it gets avoid- stuck in this loop of trying to figure out why am I in this situation? Is the way to avoid asking just have a fact that you say, you know, just accept it as a fact then? Um, or how do you avoid ask, asking a, a shitty question? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the brain asks shitty questions, <laughs> right? Like I put that in the fact. So, but the, the skill is the awareness of like, oh, I'm in so much pain right now because my brain's trying to solve this like unsolvable conundrum right now. Mm-hmm. Isn't that curious that, that my brain's really fixated on it? And so you just kind of accept that, you know, you're fixated on something or you're um, kind of perseverating on something, but then just ex- kind of accept it and move on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, yeah. you know, I had to learn this. This is not like how I was born of like, Hey love. Hey brain. Oh, isn't it silly what my brain's super interested in right now? Of course it is. You know, just like, to me, it's like dropping into that self love of like, this is what our brains do. Okay. That really is the source of our suffering. Is like getting stuck in this brain pattern of like, and instead of resisting it, like, God damn it, brain, when are you going to be better and not think these stupid thoughts, right? It's gotcha. like a much, a much different energy than like, mm-hmm. Hey love, I know you're hurting and you're really trying to figure this out right now. And maybe tomorrow you won't be that fixated on it. But right now I really notice that you are mm-hmm. and, and that's okay, but it's a fact that they don't care. So I'm just going to go love on my kids today and be a surgeon tomorrow. Yeah. Cool. Cool. A little bit helpful. Yeah. No, that's great. You got this. Nobody, nobody said it would be easy (laughs) if it was, but I think like, that's why this group is so awesome. Cause it's like, we're, we all go through this. Yeah. And like, until you are in a community of like, we all go through this. It's so isolating. Yeah. For sure. Or just, you know, reading things um, on the group on Facebook and just similar um, growing pains and transitions and problems that people have. It's just really nice to, I mean, obviously not nice that it is happening, but it is nice to know that they are not unique. Um, you know, that, that the similar battles are being fought everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's so normalizing like, oh, yeah. this is what's supposed to be happening because this is what's happening to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And instead of like, I'm the only one because I suck. Yeah. <laughs> the horrible, horrible thing. I, to suck it, I can never be better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's never going to get better either, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. All awesome. right. Awesome. Well, Thanks thank for jumping you. on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Till next time. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye.